0: We have to take care of our needs if we want to be able to take care of our children's needs. We're on 24-7. So we have to find ways that we can fill ourselves up, you know, before we deal with our kids. Now that might mean sitting down for a meal before our kids come home. You know, if you're hungry and you're trying to feel all your kids' requests and everything, you're gonna be a different parent than if you have taken care of your needs. And that doesn't only go for physical needs, it goes also for our emotional needs and our and just doing things that we enjoy. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be, into the best possible
1: version of you? What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Petraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Today I have on this show, Leah Miller. And Now Leah is a learning and behavior specialist and she has really been in the game for a long time. She has been teaching and mentoring parents and children for over 20 years. She has written educational curriculums. She's appeared on PBS. She's been featured in Motherhead Magazine and a bunch of other summits and she's written children's books. So she's really done it all when it comes to uh, talking about parenting and about family. And that's exactly what we're gonna talk about today. And I love this conversation because it's such a shift from what we've been talking about in terms of like nutrition and wellness and mindfulness and all that, because it really is a real conversation on parenting and on intentional parenting and what exactly that means. We talk about not only about intentional parenting, but we talk about leadership, how to create leadership in the home, really how to create like rituals and routines within our families to create connection and create a calm environment. It's a really great conversation. I really think you're going to get a lot out of this. For those of y'all who are listening who have families, or you plan on creating a family, she has such good takeaways and really tangible tips to bring with you to implement in your own family. So let's jump in. All right, y'all. Let's jump in. I'm here with Leah Miller today, and she is a learning behavior specialist. And we are talking today all about such an important topic, and actually one we haven't had on the show before, which is parenting. And I know most of y'all listening are parents out there. And so this is such a relevant topic, and I'm really excited for her to share all of her wisdom and insight. So thanks so much for joining me today, Leah. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Hope. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. So I want to start a little bit with, because I know you have you do a lot with parenting and you've been really, you've been in this world for so long, just teaching, you know, mentoring parents and kids. And so I want to talk a little bit about what you call intentional parenting. Can you tell everybody listening what that means? Okay,
0: sure. Okay. You know, we get instruction for every single thing that we do. When we go to school, if we learn a trade, if we learn a profession, we go to school and we learn years to master that profession. But now we're when we're talking about children and we're talking about raising human beings, what probably the most important job that we ever ever have? There is no training involved. There's <laughs> <It's So> not. <laughs> we come into parenting with just not knowing anything, and you know that makes it very very hard. And I know so many parents that just they just want to be great parents, but it's very difficult to do that without training. Now, a lot of us have had good examples as parents, and some of us has have not had have had great examples as parents. So. If we haven't had, or even if we have, it's different when you're being parented or than when you're actually parenting. So intentional parenting is really learning about timeless parenting skills that really help us to understand what makes good parenting, what makes good communication, how are we able to put in the routines and the practices that make parenting work, that make us be able to communicate with our children on a positive level because we obviously we all want to have homes where our children are thriving and they're feeling happy and healthy and and excited to be in in their homes so intentional parenting is really taking these principles and very i would say intentionally putting these principles into our lives into our parenting and then really seeing the the results that we get when we do use our intentional parenting methods
1: yeah So you, you mentioned like routines and things that parents should be putting into place. What do you recommend as far as like routines and rituals that we should really be focusing on as parents?
0: Right. So, you know, children thrive on routine. They thrive on structure. And I happen to be a teacher. So I know that just from managing a classroom, but you know, there are some parents that are more structured and there's some parents that are less structured and, a lot of times parents don't understand why things were so chaotic in their homes. And like I said, children need that structure. They like to know what's coming. That gives them security. It gives mm-hmm. them the feeling that they have some control over their lives. So they like to know that they like to know what's coming next. They like to know when they're going to be eating, they know, like to know. And then they can pace themselves according to that to those structures. And I always hear from parents that the summer vacation mm-hmm. is so difficult for them. And why is that? Well, one of the reasons is because when kids have been in school the whole year, they can tell you what they're doing at every single hour of the day. They know exactly. And all of a sudden, they're home and there's no structure. And yep. it doesn't mean that the parents aren't organized. Or it doesn't mean that they don't have some structure to, to the home. But when parents can kind of build that structure into child's day, things start to change in a really dramatic way. So that's basically what I'm talking about when it comes to routines and as well as rituals, because we live in such a fast paced life today and we're running all the time. Mothers have jobs. They have uh, many responsibilities. And sometimes our homes can feel like hotels. You know, we're running in and out. We're not, you know, we don't have that family feeling anymore because we're so busy. So we have to also build that into our homes. We have to build that kind of structure so that our kids feel that there's something special about our family. There's special things that we do together. There's special things that are happening that bring that feeling of family, that bring that feeling of security, of just having fun together, of just doing something special together because we enjoy being together. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I love that. And I I think that is what happens, right? We just get so busy that we, we don't have time for each other. So what do you recommend? What Do you have any suggestions for busy... And I say busy feelings. I mean, let's be honest. We're all busy, right? We all have a million things going on. So what are some ways or do you have any suggestions how we can kind of build that in? Because I, I agree, it's so powerful to have that, that time where your kids know like, this is what we do together. Like, how do we build that into our busy
0: schedules? Right. So again, it's very hard to say because every family's schedule is different. But one thing that we know, and we know through research, that having dinner together tonight, mm. uh, every night as a family, uh, it's ama- amazing. I think I, I read somewhere that teenagers that have had dinner with their families every night are much less likely to get into risky behavior than teenagers that haven't had that. Yes. So it's amazing what just having dinner together every night makes, ha- uh, makes for the family. Now, but today we have the problem of, well, a lot of times even the mom is not home for dinner. Right. Right. And and certainly, you know, like it's very hard to accomplish that today. So what do we do? We have to find some way to build some kind of ritual or structure into our family where we're just enjoying each other's companies. And that might mean just at least on the weekend to make some kind of a meal together, Mm -hmm. to make some kind of a practice reading together, something where where the family feels they're just hanging out together and they're having a good time being Mm -hmm. together, not Mm -hmm. doing something. Not running somewhere, but just enjoying being together. Right. And unless we schedule those things, it will not happen because something will always come up. Something will always get in the way. So that's why it's called ritual. In other words, we have to really make that time. And of course, I'm not saying uh, there might be times where we can't, we can't do that. But in general, if the kids know that, you know, at least once a week, we're going to get together, we're going to set the table, we're going to have a nice dinner together. That makes a tremendous difference Mm -hmm. because they look forward, they have, they have something to look forward to. They get maybe some special food or they get something, you know, maybe there's a special conversation that happens. So there's all kinds of things that we can do to make it a better, a more exciting and continual experience for Mm -hmm. our kids. Yeah. So again, like I said, some families don't have that ability to get together for meal. You know, find some time where the whole family can get together doing something and just enjoying each other's company okay. and do it every week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. So you talk a lot about, uh, too, about leadership and about how we as parents can give our kids leadership and be like a leader in the home. So can you just kind of speak to that and really like the difference that it makes in our families in our relationships
0: with our family when we do give our kids leadership? Okay. So, I, again, I'm going back to the classroom because it's a great, it's a great visual. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine where there's a classroom where the, the teacher is very much there and very much present and very much directing, not necessarily dictating, but directing what the children are doing. And just think about how, you know, there's a busy hum and kids are doing things and they know what they're supposed to do. And they, again, there's that structure as opposed to a classroom where the teacher is, let's say, just out of school and doesn't really feel so confident about being in front of the class. And kids are, you know, kids will take the lead. If there is no leader there, kids will take the lead Mm -hmm. and they will you know, unfortunately do things that are not necessarily positive or not necessarily productive. So it's the same thing in our families. You know, leadership is not something that's natural for a lot of people. And it can be hard to take, to step up and take that position. So it's something that we really have to learn and we have to practice and we have to even practice in the mirror, mirror of just being present and being the one that directs the traffic. That in other words, not in a way that doesn't give our kids freedom or doesn't give our kids ability to, to explore things that they want to explore. But there has to be someone stepping up to that leadership position where the kids know this is the leader of the family. And you'd be surprised how it is difficult for many parents to do that. They've never, maybe they didn't see that in their own family, or maybe they're just very not used to being in that position. Whatever they're doing has never called on that before. And so a lot of times they feel like very overwhelmed with their families and being in that position. Mm-hmm. So again, it's just a question of realizing that that's a really important thing to be for their family and then just taking the steps and learning what does it mean to be a leader in my mm-hmm. family? How can I be more there for my children? How can I more direct things and make sure that they go in a way that is smooth running for everybody?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. So what do
1: you recommend? Because you mentioned this a couple of times now for for those who, you know, they didn't have the leader in the family, they didn't have maybe they didn't have parents who were present, right? Maybe they, they had sort of an unconventional family where their parents were around or they were raised by. There's multiple situations there when people don't exactly feel, you know, I didn't have the best example of parents and parents who do these things. They're leaders, they were there. What do you recommend for people who are parents? that they don't have an example to go by. Like they didn't have that growing up and they're like literally like starting from scratch. Like, I have no idea how to do this. I didn't witness good parenting. How do I do it?
0: So that's a really great question because that's like the million dollar question. Right. (laughs) And I would start by explaining about myself. I was an only child and I thankfully had very good parents, but I was only child. And also I was an only child and I, I loved big families. When I saw big families, I thought that, wow, this is so exciting. I just, <laughs> I wish I had a big family like that. It's not that I, I didn't enjoy being my, I did, but I just thought it was so fun. Brothers and sisters get to get to play together. And I always wanted a big family. And then I had, I decided I was going to have a big, big family. <laughs> and I had six children. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was really trying. Like I had never really seen anyone being parented. And I really wanted to be a great parent. So I really made a big effort. I just got my hands on every single parenting book that I could <laughs> read and, and I, you know, I watched other parents and and I really took it very very seriously and I even I went to parenting classes and I even went to I eventually I got so in, in into the idea of parenting that I went to a certain an institute to learn how to be a parenting mentor. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah, so You know, it didn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, I I struggled, definitely struggled, but I wanted it so badly that I just I just learned everything that I could. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a lot of trial and error and every kid is different and every family is different. But I do believe that with real, like I said, intentional parenting and working on ourselves, it's really all about working on ourselves as moms and, and just getting more information. I believe that every parent can do it. Again, it doesn't necessarily, sure, there, we have certain triggers that we've learned from our, you know, our parenting. And sometimes we have to like step back and say, Oh, why am I doing this? Or mm-hmm. is this really the way I want to parent? And, and yeah, I mean, you know, I think having a mentor is great for anything like that. I'm reading, there's so many great books out there today. And that can be sometimes confusing because there's also so many uh, different theories and philosophies. But I think that, you know, with concerted effort, I think parents can find the way that works for them and really change some of the patterns that they might not like and begin parenting in a new way. Yeah.
1: And that was going to kind of be my next question because, you know, as a parent, I mean, as when we're just talking about this not too long ago, like you pick up things where, you know, you always say like, well, I'm a parent, I'll never do that. And then you find yourselves doing it and you're like, no, like, I don't want to do that. So do you, do you have any I don't know if recommendations is the, is the word, but like, you know, those patterns where you're like, and not that, you know, there's obviously some really dangerous patterns we don't want to, but also patterns where you're like, I just, I don't want to do that to my kid. Like, I don't want to parent my kid like that. What are your recommendations for kind of like breaking the cycle, right? Like breaking the patterns
0: that we experience as kids? Right. That's a great question. I think that one of the things that I recommend is that we have to kind of be observers in our homes mm-hmm. and we have to kind of take a step back sometimes. So if let's say we say for three days, I'm just going to observe. I'm going to try not to be too. I mean, obviously our kids are killing each other. We're not going <laughs> to, right? But try to be more on an observer side mm-hmm. and try to take a look and see what's going on. What is triggering me? What is going on when, you know, when my kids start fighting or what is going on when my kids start, you know, being really cranky and whiny and those things that trigger me, when is it happening? Could I put in a routine that might make that transition a little easier? Could I give my child a warning to let him know what's going to happen? Could we sit down and put together like a checklist of things that we need to get together before bedtime? Could I ask my kids, would you rather do homework when you come home? Or would you rather have like a little playtime and then afterwards do homework, so you're kind of getting their input. Mm-hmm. So I think all of those kind of things. Taking a look and seeing what are those things that are triggering my kids. What are those things that are triggering me? And really, but you know, I, I have uh, one of my freebies is to actually I give a little planner, and and parents can kind of record that on their, you know, on their, and then kind of take a look at it after a few days, mm-hmm. and just even maybe sit down with a spouse or a friend and say. I'm finding that this is what's happening in my home. Do you have any ideas? Like, could you brainstorm with me? And, you know, do you have any insights? And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe talk to, you know, a spouse, a few friends, maybe your mom, you know, and then get different people's ideas and then maybe start to make small changes, like one at a time and see if if something works. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times a parent will tell me something and I will very much relate to it because I, I've gone through that myself and then you know when you talk to your friends or you talk to mentors like they've gone through a lot right. of things that you've gone through so mm-hmm. sometimes they have suggestions that you might not think of. Yeah. So again it's just it's trial and error. Yeah. But it's I think it's more about becoming aware and then once you're aware then you can try different solutions until right. you hit on one that works. Yeah. Yeah. No I like that. Well I like the
1: you made a good point about asking for help. I think that's one thing that you know which I don't know why we think that because we're all parents and we're all trying to figure it out. Like you said, there's no manual to tell, you know, you don't get training. They just send you home with the baby and you figure it out, you know? like, And we're so afraid to ask for help or get ideas where it's like every parent's been through all of it. So I think that's a good point too, is just like, you know, talking to other moms and friends who are moms and getting ideas from other people and what worked and not being ashamed to ask for help or advice
0: or tips or whatever, you know? And also to realize that, you know, everybody's going through this. Yeah, exactly. Alone. A lot of moms feel so alone. Yes. They feel like they're going through this alone and nobody understands them and their spouse doesn't understand them. And, you know, that's really, like you said, when we reach out and we try to get some help, a lot of times we, we do get to places that we never thought we would get to. Exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just being
1: willing to ask for help and receive the help that people are offering. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So. I like to give people kind of like some tangible things to take away with. So do you have any, like three is always a good number I like to put out there. So do you have like three or four tips for people who really want to start implementing more intentional parenting, things they can start implementing now with their families? So I think planning has
0: a lot to do with with great parenting. Planning, you know, a simple thing. We have to take care of our needs if we want to be able to take care of our children's needs. We are on twenty four seven, so we have to find ways that we can fill ourselves up. You know, before we deal with our kids. Mm -hmm. Now that might mean sitting down for a meal before our kids come home. If you're hungry and you're trying to to feel all your kids' requests and everything, you're going to be a different parent Mm -hmm. than if you have taken care of your needs. And that doesn't only go for physical needs; it goes also for our emotional needs and our and just doing things that we enjoy. I think it's really important. I always tell the story of a. Uh, I had a friend. She was older than me when I was raising my kids, and she told me that every Thursday night, she would get Thursday afternoon. She would get a babysitter, and that was her special time. Mm-hmm. And she would go out, and she would do whatever she wanted. She might go to a class, she might go shopping, whatever it was, but something that would fill her up. And then she had something to look forward to every week because she knew she was going to get her time, mm-hmm. and that gave her. Something to look forward to. It gave her something to like, I'm going to get my time. So even though I'm giving and giving and giving 24 seven, I know that I am going to have a few hours once a week. Yeah. And that really helped her. And so again, it's has to do a lot with self care that if we're taking care of ourselves, we can show up better yep. for our kids. That's yep. that's one thing. And then I, you know, the second thing is I think we really have to get informed about parenting. We really. Like I said, we don't get training. It's a really hard job. We're raising a human being. It's not a simple job. Mm -hmm. And we have to really recognize that. And, you know, anything that we can read or any information that we can get, or there's a lot of parenting groups out there, you know, that people can join and getting information, reading. Again, we don't have so much time, but, you know, we do spend a lot of time in our cars Mm -hmm. and we do shuttle our kids around. So, you know, We can use that time to learn. We can use that time to better ourselves. So that's one thing. I think getting our spouse on board, you know, that also helps that, Mm -hmm. you know, we get a little extra help if we can or a little extra free time if we can. That's really helpful. And, again, I really think that, again, having a ritual, enjoying each other's company, that really makes a tremendous difference. Building it into our schedule, just like we do the laundry, we have this one-time a week where it's not negotiable. Yep. We just get together as a family because otherwise it's just like fielding requests and fielding, you know, taking care of physical needs and it, and it can get very wearing and difficult. And having that time where we remember, oh, we're doing all this because we're a family. Mm-hmm. We love each other. We want to be together. And making that something that is just not negotiable, we just have to build that into our week yep. just like we would build any other responsibility.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Those are great tips. I love those. Those are perfect. So I do like to finish with the same question I like to ask everybody. But before I do that, can you tell everybody where they can find out more about you and you know your books and your trainings and all the things that you have that help with all their parenting needs?
0: Right. Okay. So I'm uh, on Facebook at layamillerparenting.com. I have a special group for moms where we talk about all things parenting, and that is Power Parenting Moms. And that's a great group. It's, uh, we're really growing and uh, we have some really good engagement there. So we would love to see you yeah. there. You know, if anyone has any individual needs, they can reach out to me. And I'm starting a, a group program soon. So
1: Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. What, well, the, your community is perfect place. I mean, we were just talking about asking for help. Like what a perfect place is a Facebook group with other moms that are looking for all the same things. So that's perfect.
0: Exactly. We don't have to be embarrassed. Or Yes,
1: <laughs> exactly. I love that. I love it. Oh, perfect. And of course, I'll put the links to all that in the show notes so y'all can look up everything that she's got going. But I ha- my last question that I want to ask you is, what do you think is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose?
0: That's a great question. <laughs> I think that this is another thing. I think that families can make goals together. We have a mission as a family. What is your mission as your family? What is the mission that you're going to pass on to your kids? What is your legacy? I think that moms are in a tremendous position to do that because we are really, if you think about that, we are shaping the next generation. What we do with our kids determines what the next generation is going to be all about. Mm -hmm. So I think that every family should have a mission and that's going to be different for every family. You know, and I would be, I'm a little bit humble to tell people what their mission should be. But I do think that we should give it some thought. We should give the thought about what we want our family to stand for. What do we want to give over to our children? What are the important values that we want to give over to our children? And when we do that, and our children will echo those values. If we are, you know, we are so important and influential. Sometimes we don't realize the power that we have as parents. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important for every parent to think about that and then to Really work on that with your spouse or, you know, if you're single mom, what do I want to give over to my family? And you'd be surprised the kind of things that last with your children because you were so intentional about it and you gave that over to your children and you emphasized it over and over again. That sticks with kids and they'll be able to say, Oh, you know, my family, it was so important. That we did this together, or that this was what something that we really believed in, or my mom always said, or my father always said. You know, so you'd be surprised how those kind of things stick. And when we give thought to it, we plan and we put intention to it. I think there's nothing greater that we can do in the world than give that to our family. I love
1: that. So that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful answer. I love that so much. And yeah, I don't have even have anything to add to that. I just love that. And what a good question to ask yourself is, you know, what legacy do you want to leave your kids? I love that. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Leah, I appreciate all of your insight. And I'm excited to share all these things with everybody so they can follow you and just feel supported in this whole parenting journey. You know, it can be a lot. And so I'm excited to share all this so they can get some support and everything. So thank you so much for everything. My
0: pleasure. And thank you for your positivity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I know how I can provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics that you want to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Pedraza, or visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.